Welcome to the Officially Outed Podcast with your host, El Shalon, where we are putting a positive twist on what it means to be outed. Join us weekly where we amplify the discography of independent LGBTQ plus artists, engage in lifestyle commentary, and social injustice dialogue. So stay tuned, turn up the volume, and get officially outed by the Officially Outed Podcast. So I'm excited today to have the artist known as Prince Cat Eyes on the Officially Outed podcast for episode 23. And I'm excited because we're going to get into uh, not only your album, we're going to talk a little bit about mental health and love songs, so being in love. So I'm excited today. How about you? I'm looking forward to this all week. So yeah, let's do this. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Well, Prince Cat Eyes, I've been uh, watching you for a couple uh, months now. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you've been holding the music industry down for quite a bit of time. I mean, you've been, you know, in the game, um, what, almost, what would you say, 15, 20 years? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to get into it. We when don't you get put it that way, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seasoned. I'm not old, I'm seasoned. <laughs> I like the word seasoned. Um, and we're going to get into a little bit of that. But you've been representing now for the LGBTQ plus artists uh, in the music, in the community, and all of that. So um, when you, I know that, you know, you're multiracial. Um, yeah. What, how did that influence uh, really and, and or inspire you wanting to not only get into music, but also deciding which form of artistry you wanted to, to tackle? Well, the truth of the matter is I grew up around the entertainment industry, and I always knew that I wanted to pursue music. Uh, I remember being in preschool watching German the holograms and lip syncing and <laughs> all that. And, uh, <laughs> yes, right. So, um, in a, in a, I grew up around entertainment. My grandfather was best friends with Frankie Valley of Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Yes. And um, in addition to that, my father went to high school with Meryl Streep. Oh, yes. So, so I, I've kind of been in and out of entertainment. I've been in and out my whole life. And I knew I wanted to pursue music, and but um, I can't sing a lick. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when I uh, went fast forward to 1992 when TLC came out, I was mesmerized by Lisa Lefty Lopez, her cadence, her presence. I'd never heard another rapper sound like her, and I was like, I can do that. Yeah. Cool. Come on, Lisa Lefty Lopez. I know she was, I mean, when they first came out, you're right. And I just remember, because we must be close to the same age. I think I may be a little bit older than you, but uh, definitely, because I think I was in college when they came out or so, or heading. Oh, I was, I was in elementary school when they came out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, you definitely, so we definitely did. I'm a little bit, old, quite a bit older than you, but I do okay. remember when they came out, um, early 90s. Um, so yeah, that was around about the time I was just heading from high school into college. And okay. they were so unique, right? And we love Lisa for all that. Uh, absolutely. And, um, and her, her protege group, Black, I actually had an experience with their rapper, Natina Reed, at a show. And um, may she rest in peace as well. Oh. Uh, but um, it, it, it's definitely artists like that that captivate me. 
uh, doing what nobody's done before. So I like that. I like that. Now, were you born and raised in Las Vegas? No, I wasn't. I was actually born in Wyoming, Laramie. Okay. And, and I moved to California when I was 10. And I lived from 10 all the way up until 2015 when I moved to Vegas. Okay. Because I was going to ask, how did you get to Vegas? But um, going up in California then uh, for you, yeah. I know one of the fun facts that I learned about you that I didn't know, you were an ex-gang member. I was like, what? Prince Kenna? Yeah. Really? Yeah. But, <laughs> um, how did being in California outside of uh, and even being in a gang, but how did that influence your life, your music, and your experiences? Because you talk about uh, uh, really some deep experiences that you had um, in Don't Give Up, which we're going to go, that's going to be our first single. But I want to know okay. a little bit about, you know, that California and how did that shape you? Oh, man. Um, it definitely introduced me to the streets at a young age. And I was. The Italian side of my family is what we call connected. Mm -hmm. And so I got to see street life from the form of quote unquote family as well as regular family. Mm -hmm. And um, also with the hip hop lifestyle, it, it led me to some of those neighborhoods. And I even lived in those neighborhoods where we lock our doors every night and put something up against it to barricade it, where we hear gunshots, where we see prostitutes on the corner, where we see drug deals going on right in front of small children. I mean, like, I was in those situations. And did that time, were you, um, were you out or, you know, anything like that? Or um, I am not stealth enough to be. <laughs> I'm not stealth. I'm not stealth at all. You can tell I'm queer as a three dollar bill, but I mean, I'm, my mannerisms are kind of in between. But there's always a little something that extra that stands out. So, right. And how did you navigate through those tough neighborhoods and scenes? And you know, a lot of people showed me respect. A lot of people showed me homophobia. I had mixed reactions. I grew up the son of a preacher. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father was of an open and affirming church, thank God. <laughs> yeah. And he ended up um, uh, accepting me at once. My mother always accepted me. I never had a problem with being accepted. My whole thing was just navigating through. Okay. So joining the gang, was that more of a survival thing for you? It, it felt like it at the time, yeah. But I mean, it was it was small potatoes in terms of gang life. I mean, I, I, we weren't out there like committing heists and playing set it off or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, just you know, in, in again a survival yeah. type of uh, right, right. Yeah, and then did you um, being in California though? Also, where it's a huge music scene. You know, you had Snoop, uh, Dr. Dre, and all of, you know, I don't know if you were around when, uh, you know, the times were Boys in the Hood and all that stuff was big out there. Right. But California has such a huge presence in the hip-hop scene as well as the music industry. Um, so being yeah. in that place... 
did you ever get to really see those art, those artists or um, be around any of them directly or indirectly? Um, not none of the artists you named. No, I mean I've been mostly on independent circuits. Like I entered the music industry at fifteen when um, in in um, around oh. 1999, 2000. Okay. And um, I had actually seen an ad in the paper for a class for aspiring rappers at a community center mm -hmm. that was led by a producer. And he gave us each a beat and taught us a little bit about the industry and then took us into our first, my first real studio to record and uh that recording never is going to see the light of day but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, was Khalil, um, was it was it Khalil or no it wasn't it was um it was Cassandra Anderson and DJB side of Q2000 Productions back in IE and um that um prompted me to record a demo with him that caught the attention of a couple of record labels. I've been signed three times. Yeah, before I was going to ask you about that. You've been signed three times, and um, what happened with that whole situation? First label didn't know what the hell they were doing, so it ended up folding very quickly. Okay. Second label didn't know what to do with me as an openly gay artist. Okay. Third label I walked away from before I signed. They were a major label. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> Capital. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was they put in their contract about that I had to not address gay issues. If I had a significant other, they had to walk X number of steps behind me in public. Um, if or better yet, just not show up to events, um, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, this isn't a recording contract. This is a life contract. So I kind of fell back and I fell into the underground market. And at the time, that's when I was hearing about the Homo Revolution Tour starting. And I was like, if I could just get in on that, I could propel myself out very independently. And that's what I did. Good, good, good stuff there. I mean, um, well, you know, and I think that is today probably some of the concerns that uh, record labels, I don't know how much it's really changed, but we still don't see, you know, any majors embracing LGBTQ out artists. And so you imagine right. just if, if you were told that when you at that major label, um, same thing, right? You know, what people could be facing today, it probably still exists, even though we know the industry is, you know, so many damn gay people in the industry, it just, it's the right. point. It doesn't make sense, but it is what it is because it's about the money, right? And what these right. people don't understand is, even your major artists, most of them are supported by LGBTQ because we're the ones buying the music, we're the ones in the industry, we're pushing the industry along. So it's absolutely it's like when are y'all gonna make the connection that there's uh, people can still make money, right? Um, and still yeah. be successful. All right. So um, with that, you know, what did you learn from that experience, um, particularly about the industry that had helped you as you started to move towards being that indie artist? Oh, wow. Um, being a part of the Homo Revolution Tour was very groundbreaking because it was 
the first ever LGBT hip hop tour in history. Mm-hmm. So um, being around artists that inspired me to even come out, like Deadly and Tory Six and Johnny Dangerous and um, you know all these uh, hip hop OGs, mm-hmm. and they're looking around at me like, "What are you gonna do?" And, <laughs> and um, it was it was I was accepted. I believe because I paid my respect to those who came before me, I was embraced right away. Mm-hmm. And um, touring taught me a lot about life on the road and uh, how unglamorous it really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, just, I, I got, I fell victim to what I call the kumbaya complex. Yeah. Let me explain. The kumbaya complex is basically, oh, I'm gay, they're gay, we're all going to be this one big happy family and we're going to do what the labels say we can't and we're going to take it on by storm. No, it wasn't like that. Uh, We were together on the tour, but afterwards, it's like we stayed in contact and we worked together occasionally, but it wasn't this big old homo hot family that I was hoping hoping for. But... um, a new generation of rappers came in soon after, and then things got really interesting when people began to butt heads. So yeah, same stuff, right? Everybody wants to be the first, or be the the one that makes it, or change the industry, right. and so forth and yeah. so on, right? Which is fine uh, to to a certain extent, but if you can get on and bring everybody else and create that platform, um, which is happening today, so that's the good, part, yeah, you know. So, well, you know, one of the things I want to do is drop to your first feature off the Nine Lies album, which we're going to get into a little bit later. Uh, But um, don't give up. So when I listened to the lyrics of this song, you know, what I heard in there was a lot of that pain in that story. Right. And that uh, but you still talk about not giving up. So I want to hear from your perspective a little bit about this song, what inspired you, what was it like to make it, and then I'm going to have you introduce introduce the song and drop to it. Don't give up. Let me let out a lot of shit that I've been holding in. Yeah. And um, it also happened to be a therapy assignment from my therapist at the time to write a song about what I've been through and what how I survived. Okay. And when I wrote it, it was hard to write, but at the same time, it was really hard to write. I had to actually stop and I was cheering up while I was writing it. Yeah. And, um, but especially when I talk about parts, like talk about my dad or how I miss him and, um, 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 uh, being a part of drug deals and stuff like that. I mean, it was, it was a raw roller coaster of a life. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, we want to go ahead and hear it. I want the people to listen to it. Um, so go ahead and drop to Don't Give Up for me. What's up, y'all? This is Prince Cat Eyes, and you're about to hear my joint Don't Give Up off my album Nine Lives, available on your favorite streaming platform now. Here we go, y'all. Don't Give Up. Thank you. 
recognize real game, recognize game I'ma keep it 100, I put that on my name I ain't no studio gangster, no storybook thug Everything I ever spit about has been the what's Truth absolute, the haters can kiss my glute If I'm not true to myself, what the hell am I gonna do? I ain't one for frontin' or the fake ass stuntin' Not for nothing, I really ain't the one for confrontin' Y'all heard the diss tracks, y'all know I don't play that I got much more to offer in this game called rap Took a few years off for my own sanity Cause I refuse to sacrifice my humanity I was fighting for my life Hearing strange voices, seeing hallucinations, couldn't make choices Trying different meds, doctors getting in my head Therapists dragging me back when I'm close to the edge Sometimes you gotta fight just to survive Surround yourself with real people on your side And don't give up, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up No matter what happens, keep standing tall Just pick yourself up every time you fall And don't give up, don't give up I've been witness to crimes, I've been a part of drug deals I've seen so many things when the shit got real I've been raped, molested, robbed at knife point I've seen those I love die, am I making my point? Then when I lost my dad, my whole world stopped The wind left my body to my knees, I dropped It left a scar on my heart that remains there still It's a pain I can't describe, but it's one that's so real Plus on top of that, I'm gay, a second class minority Although we made strides, more should be priority We need to support our own and kill all the drama Too many of us are also survivors of trauma We gotta unpack the baggage and bring unity Back to the LGBT community Protect our trans sisters from getting killed out here Open up your eyes and see that it's real out here Sometimes you gotta fight just to survive Surround yourself with real people on your side And don't give up, don't give up Don't give up, don't give up No matter what happens, keep standing tall Just pick yourself up every time you fall And don't give up, don't give up Don't give up, don't give up Sometimes you gotta fight just to survive Surround yourself with real people on your side And don't give up, don't give up Don't give up, don't give up No matter what happens, keep standing tall Just pick yourself up every time you fall And don't give up, don't give up Don't give up, don't give up Alright, we're back, you all just heard Don't Give Up um, Please go cop that that is an amazing song in the fact that, um, like you said, it allowed you, it was a form of therapy for you. It was a therapy assignment. It allowed you to really address probably those things that um, were inside. And thinking about that, you know, you, um, you've been very transparent about your struggle with mental health. Um, some yeah. of which you kind of touched in and don't give up. But my question is, or questions around that is, you know, when did you realize that you were experiencing a mental health issue? I've been in and out of therapy my whole life. Okay. Um, <laughs> just, I've got a lot of childhood traumas that I won't go into. But um, the reality of the situation is, is that when 2013 came around, I was biting off way more than I could chew. I was working on multiple projects with multiple artists um, and things were changing all around me. I was going through friction at home. I was going through friction with certain business people. 
And it just all turned in on me. And I remember hearing something just literally snap. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I remember, it was three days later. And I had a nervous breakdown, which led to a diagnosis of schizoaffective disorder, which is a combination of both schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Okay, gotcha. All right. And did so, so you in that instance, it wasn't a situation, or prior to that, um, were you denying or anything, or did you initially deny, um, or did you, you know, at that point when that happened, you went and got assistance right away? So you never were in denial necessarily about what you were experiencing, but it was in that moment that kind of drove you to address the issue? Well, no, because I didn't address the issue right away. Okay. 2013, um, I, I sort of held it together as best I could that I was just existing. Yeah. And it didn't. Ha- I didn't get help help until 2015 when I moved to Vegas. Okay. What do you think um, led to that? Was it fear or just you needed to get into a different scenario? I think a little bit of both. Okay. A little bit of both. And I was going to ask, did you have support at that time? Um, yeah. Through it? Okay. All right. And then what recommendations would you have for anyone who might be experiencing um, mental health issues or concerns or not sure or on the fence about getting support uh what what kind of advice or recommendations do you have if you're on the fence just go to therapy one time see what it does for you yeah um i mean because i've been through probably eight to ten different therapists in the past three years Mm And it's not always going to be a great fit. You've got to find the one that's right for you. And in addition to that, don't be afraid of medications because they're going to make you feel different at at first. Um, but just know that when you're, when you're feeling different, that means they're just getting used to your system. So once you build them up into your system, you'll feel more like yourself again. So just bear through that. That takes about two weeks. And that, I know that's why a lot of people say they stop taking their meds because oh, I don't like how it made me feel. Well, you got to feel that to push through. Got it. Yes, people, don't be afraid. Uh, again, for therapy or attending or talking to someone, uh, I haven't done it yet myself, but I do plan on doing it this year, investing in myself. And I'm just at this point, I've been trying to figure out what are those things that I need to um, address, if you will. But I know mm-hmm. there's some things there that I need to to address. And I just want to make sure that when I start that, I know exactly, I won't know it probably everything, but I know some key things that I want to address. So that is on my vision board for this year to, to do that, because I also want to be continue to build up my confidence and be a better me. So, uh, yeah, I feel you on that. That's what's that. Yep. Well, what have you, um, what have you been doing recently outside of getting the album out? Um, but what have you been doing recently that you are proud of, you know, that you've been doing in the community and for the LGBTQ plus music industry? 
Um, well, I'm very proud of the fact that I'm the first openly gay rapper to legally marry. I'm, I'm very proud of that. Um, and I am working on my new album already. Yeah. Uh, because I was actually supposed to do a duet album with Quincy Tyree, who's also signed to Marshall Park Entertainment, my label. And we were supposed to do a duet album, but it got put on the back burner and the label told us they just wanted us to focus on our solo projects. So um, I started my next solo project right away. I'm hoping it'll be out in late spring to early summer. Okay. And it's gonna have more than nine tracks this time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you back, you back. <laughs> well, you, well, that is one of the things I wanted to talk about. You, you, as you mentioned, the first open LGBTQ plus rapper to legally be married, and that is, you know, that's perfect that you brought that up because that's really leading <clears throat> into our next feature, uh, love song. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. I heard love song, I heard you talk about uh, your love for your spouse and, you know, the different you know, people weren't sure if y'all were going to make it or not or so forth and so on. Yeah. Um, talk about love song and how did that come about? Like, what, what inspired you to uh, write that? Well, every time I've created an original album, I always put a love song on there for my husband. And... Um, this was no exception. I definitely wanted to thank you for being there for me through the struggles of the mental health because anybody else dealing with my crazy ass probably would have just walked away. <laughs> but um, but um, it, it was a song about the story of our relationship and how uh, we'll be together 15 years in March. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're good. Um, that is awesome. So we're going to go ahead and drop to Love Song. Uh, this is to that special one. So here we go, y'all. I actually like this song, so uh, I'm going to introduce this one, y'all. This is, uh, and that's just, I'm hoping it's romantic, so I like it. But y'all, we're going to play one of my favorites, uh, Love Song from the Nine Lives uh, album from Prince Cat Eyes. So go check that out now. Please go download. Per- well, let me start out like this. Make sure you purchase, download, share, like, all those things. And it's available on all uh, streaming and musical and digital platforms now. So here we go, y'all. Love song. how I feel about this true love that I know is so real it was a classic case of love at first sight when I looked into your brown eyes that first night and although time is passing we ain't lost the passion every year each season our love is in fashion and it's indestructible truly something wonderful confident and comfortable together we're untouchable we've saved each other's lives we've hit lows we've had highs i can't picture anyone else but you in my life it's always been you and it will be you forever 
there's nothing that we can't face long as we're together side by side hand in hand as we take on the world two hearts that beat as one precious like a pearl we'll stand by each other like we have for years we got memories to make more laughter than tears Of the story we've written And it's still not over We can only grow closer Every day that passes We walk shoulder to shoulder We met some resistance Cause of our age difference But despite the naysayers We still went the distance I remember when We couldn't help but laugh When we learned peeps were betting On how long we would last Well we sure showed them And now look at us after all this time, still both madly in love And I don't know what awaits us in the next chapter I just know that I'm living in my happily ever after have always had feline related titles and um (laughs) i wanted yeah i wanted um to uh keep that tradition going it's nine years since my last album nine new tracks uh yeah so the number nine kept popping up and in, in numerology the number nine is the highest form of evolution and change. Got it. All right. Wow. So I definitely wanted that to reflect this point in my life. You're perfect. That was good. All right. Um, Well, you made the album over quarantine. So yes, I did. um, 
what was the process to do that? And what were some of the challenges you experienced while you were making the album? Because that's, a, um, you know. Getting used to having a new studio in Vegas, because I had to start from the ground up and just do a studio search. And I had to go to two or three different studios before I found the one I'm at now. Ah, uh, okay. And um, so, and during quarantine, that wasn't easy. Um, but, uh, I found a wonderful studio here in Vegas, shout out to the phone factory. Um, but, um, they caught my attention because they said on their ad online that they were LGBT friendly. And I said, Oh, okay. So I called them immediately and recorded nine lives and two studio sessions with them. Ah, good. That's that's perfect. And then, is it like? Do you did you? Was it the LGBTQ friendly portion that kind of made it tough, or is it you know with Vegas it's entertainment, right? Or we think of that. Of course, it's a lot of casino. There is you know a lot of artistry and stuff. But is it like a not not a lot of studios out there? It's not that. It's not that there's not a lot of studios. It's that I had to. Finding your perfect studio to record at, if you don't record at home, like a lot of artists are recording at home now, and I wish I could have that luxury, but I am such a sex guard. (laughs) 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 Um, But, I mean, um, finding your right studio, though, it has to be a fit. You have to get along well with the engineer. There has to be chemistry there, because these are your babies. This is where they're being born. And, um, I got paired with a wonderful engineer named Dane, and Dane really helps keep my sound good. And um, my producers over at Marshall Park, who I send my music to to mix and master, it's just a wonderful blend. So. Definitely. All right. Um, I was trying to find the other albums because I wanted to get a feel of the different albums, right? I saw one on Amazon. Um, it was like $900. I was like, oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Was it really? Yes. Oh my God. What's going on? Uh, But I didn't, I had nothing to do with (laughs) Well, that just means you're, you can't even buy your stuff unless you're going to pay $900 for it. But no, I'm sure, but it's okay. But my thing is, um, I wanted to listen to the different albums to get a feel and I was like, mm-hmm. so I went back into Spotify. I didn't check SoundCloud, but I was like, where can I find these albums? But what well, I'm going during my mental illness uh, years, my subscription with um, my distribution lapsed. Okay. And all of my albums that were up are no longer up. And if I wanted to put them back up, I would have to go to my storage locker, which is a disaster. And pick out a computer. I don't even know what computer because I've got three computers in storage right now. Prince, you're going to go get those albums and put them back up. Yes, you are. You are <laughs> capable of doing it. We want to hear it. We well, want to know your know discography. I don't even know how to get those musics off of there and onto the thing. It's it just, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's something know. you can work on in between because we want to hear the music. But I was going to say, how, you know, is this project different from your previous album? 
it's a lot more raw. It's a lot more emotional. It's a lot more uh, grown. I'm I'm a lot older than I was the last time I put out an album. Yes, and um, you know, I'm nine years older, almost a decade older, and um, <clears throat> I wanted to make an album that was true to being hit, true to myself, but at the same time true to hip hop. Got it. All right, and then when you thinking about that or. Because I know it, uh, I don't know if it was this album, but I had saw you were saying, hey, I'm about to start doing my album. I don't have a title. I don't have anything that, but I'm about to start. So that's the album I'm working on right now. <laughs> got it. <laughs> okay. So when you do make your albums, is that typically your creative process or is it more? Usually when I set out to make an album, I usually pick out the title mm-hmm. and the number of tracks right away okay. it, it just always comes to me it's like a, it's like snap that that's what you're going to do it's going to be called this it's going to have this number of tracks and uh, <clears throat> with this time around it was a little bit more different than that because i had to kind of think and feel as i went along but i've got a title now i've got the number of tracks and it's all good Okay, good. We want to know when this album is coming out. Please let us know so we can help promote. I shall. I will. I will. I will. And you're going to go find them other albums as well. You're going to get somebody to help you pull that shit off the damn computer. (laughs) Go through that shit. Grab your husband. Grab the kids. Grab everybody. Mamas, uh, friends, all of them. They're going to go in there and help dismantle that storage unit. Pull all three laptops out. Y'all going to find that music. You're going to get these apples back up there. This is your legacy. and We want to hear the catalog and we want to hear it um well what kind of what keeps you motivated um you know because i know during covid like in quarantine and it was you know some people really took advantage of that downtime or through this this time that we're still in to make things happen to others it really impacted them in a negative way um so what kind of things keep you motivated to to keep going in this industry just the fact that i love it i mean it's it's the one thing i've always been the best at and not i'm not saying i'm the best rapper out there i'm saying it's like this is the thing that i've always been good at and um it's living the dream keeping it alive um what motivates me also is music my favorite artists um artists that i know and work with collectively um you just draw inspiration from everywhere got it well I saw your, I found one of your old performances. So when I created oh, no. my advertisement of you, uh, I was like, he, I don't know if he wants me to put this performance up here, but I like it. And it's going to be my advertisement for him on the show. So, but, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> special delivery. Hey, special delivery. Uh, special delivery. Uh, okay. <laughs> you was getting it. I was proud of you. I was like, come on, Prince. Thank you. You better do your thing. Um, well, ideally, I saw somewhere you said you like you would love. If I'm correct now, we we might have a problem here, but that's okay. Um, you would like to work with Foxy. Yes, I would love to work with Foxy. Not Kim. What's wrong with you? 
I would love to work with Tim too, but Foxy's always been more of an inspiration to me than Kim has. Oh, 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 the Quake. No, don't be sorry. <laughs> I understand. I love Kim. I love Kim. I have nothing against Kim whatsoever. I bought all her albums. I love mine. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. I just had to give you a hard time on that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, Inga has actually been more of an inspiration to me than, than Kim. Lyrically, flow-wise, how I perform. I even use a couple of her moves. Um, and not only that, but I'm actually going to be paying a tribute to her on this new album. Oh, okay. So I love it. Yeah, I love that. And then, um, well, thinking about that, you know, that's someone that's already in the industry that, you know, she's been around, she's considered a vet, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. but what LGBTQ artists do you want to work with? Oh, there's so many that I have worked with, but there's so many I would love to work with. Um, uh, I would love to work with um, Marley Santana, who's this new rapper from Houston I just found out about. He is amazing. I want to work with him so badly. Um, I think everybody everybody wants (laughs) Marley. I love his style. I love his swag on the tracks, and he 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 can flow. He's got flow, so yeah, cool guy. I would definitely like to work with him, uh, and he seems so laid back. Uh, I think I want to work with him too. But anyway, <laughs> all righty now, <laughs> Marshall Park. All right, so now the label. I was trying to find more information on the label because I really was. We're interested. a baby label. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're a baby label. Oh, okay. Now, are you the owner of this label? Or are you co-owner? No, I am not. Okay. No, I am not. This is the first time I've had a deal that has actually been working for me that I didn't finance myself 100%. I mean, the Marshall Park is actually the brainchild of Lauren Jamal. Okay. And... He was acting CEO up until December, where he has recently stepped down, and now we have a wonderful new CEO, Christian, who is amazing. We have um, producers. We've got um, um, human resources. We've got all these different departments. I mean, oh, it's really yeah. a, a legit label. I know how and, and, I mean, it's the first time I've ever been in a situation like that, and I'm learning as I'm going. It's a new label. Uh, you can visit our website at marshallparkentertainment.com mm-hmm. and um, learn a little bit more about the company. They're putting more stuff out. I know Lauren Jamal has a new album coming out, and all the rest of us are working on solo projects. So it's going to be an interesting year for Marshall Park Entertainment. I like it. I love it. Um, all right. Well, you know. When we talk about the community and give back, you also are very big for the community. I know we talked about it already a little bit, um, but, you know, what inspires you to want to make um, the community, like in terms of your community service, like what are you doing in that space and why is that important to you as well? It's important to me because as LGBT people, we have a long way to go still. 
yeah, we're more, we've got it better than we had 15, 20, 25, 30 plus years ago. But there's still homophobia. There's still ignorance. There's still crimes, hate crimes. There's still all sorts of discrimination against us, especially our trans brothers and sisters, which me, which are literally paying with their lives right now. And I, I feel that awareness needs to be <clears throat> brought to these issues as well as the fact that um, we need to show in solidarity of each other that we are worthy of being mainstream despite our sexuality. Yeah, I like that. All right. Um, so this question for me is, um, it just kind of aligns about how I think about the things that I do in life. But I want to know, what do you want to be remembered for? Not that I'm... I want to be, I want to be remembered as somebody that was good on the mic, who made solid bodies of work, who was an innovator, who thought outside the box, and who was creative and made his way off of it. Yeah, nice. That's why we're going to get you to get those, your discography up to date and get that, your catalog <laughs> back out there. So we have something. So you, you know, we want you to get credit for your, your, all that hard work that you've done over the years. Yeah. This is part of your story. Um, okay. So well, before we wrap up, I really want to know this question. I found the information about the gang part of it, but you know, what is one thing that we don't know that people don't know about you that might shock us all? I am a huge, huge superhero geek. Ah. I really am. What's your favorite? Favorite superhero? Uh, Oh, my God. It's a toss-up between Power Rangers, Sailor Moon, and Batman. Oh, shoot. Okay. And I'm heavily, heavily obsessed with being a warrior princess. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm a huge, yeah, I'm a huge heroes versus villains geek. Got it. Yes, I grew up, I used to be too. Um, I grew up doing like He-Man and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I know, right? And I used to, my sister had a gym doll, so I know gym. <laughs> That's why I was yeah. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I want to thank you for today, but uh, a couple things and, and things that I do. Um, but before I turn it over to you to give uh, your parting words, I usually ask artists to give me about a minute or however uh, <clears throat> long you need. I give you up to a minute to, to leave the audience um, with some parting words. But before we do that, um, any, you already talked about your new projects coming out, which is great. Uh, again, everyone, Prince Cat Eyes is in the studio working on his new project. More details mm-hmm. to come. We hope to maybe go live with him when that um, project comes out and do a quick uh, snippet uh, of the album or things like that. So more to come on that. But um, with the spring, hopefully things are going to get better and things will slowly start to open up. Um, so what should we or... You may not have thought about it, but, you know, what should we be on the lookout from you anticipating that by summer um, or late fall, things will start to open up again? Well, um, the new album is coming soon. Um, There's going to be collaborations on there with all sorts of different people. 
my whole Marshall Park family is going to be on there. Um, and a couple of collabos are going to be with outside people, but I've got production from Awkward O, um, Lauren Jamal, Jasmine Brown, Tori Six, uh, and Sonny Lewis. So um, it's going to be a really intricate new sound. And um, I'm just pouring all my energy into that new project right now while still promoting Nine Live, which is available now on all all streaming platforms. You you working. You are working. All right. And you <clears throat> do know a lot of people in the industry and you are really uh, connected. So this is awesome. All right. Well, I, again, I always like to end the show with hearing from you any parting words. I give you up to a minute, but if you okay. continue to go, that's fine too. Uh, but just I want you to speak from the heart to the listeners of the podcast and your listeners and people um, that may be interested in uh, becoming a, a supporter of you, of you musically. Uh, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for checking out my music. Thank you for uh, uh, taking your time just whether I've piqued your curiosity or whether you genuinely like what you heard and want to hear more. Um, I really appreciate it. My current album, Nine Lives, is available now on all streaming platforms. It's available on iTunes, Amazon, and B3 um, for purchase, um, all the digital outlets. And uh, my new album, uh, com is soon. And um, you're going to be facing uh, projects coming from my boy, Lauren Jamal, my girl, Joey Nicole, my girl, um, my boy, AJ Blakeney, my boy, Terrell, my boy, Dominique. I mean, the whole Marshall Park family, we're getting ready to come back in a big way. All right. And I want all of them to come in to drop into the podcast at some point as well. All right. Well, I want to thank you for your time today and stopping to share information with the Audi uh, Coterie. And Coterie means the Click, Circle, Gang, Pack, or In Circle. We look forward to seeing you more um, from you This with this new album over the summer and the fall. Uh, Prince Cat Eyes, you have been officially outed with the Officially Outed Podcast. Thank you again for listening and be sure to join us for our next episode. You can follow the Officially Outed podcast on all social media, including IG, TikTok, and YouTube at Officially Outed Podcast, Twitter and Facebook at Officially Outed, our webpage at OfficiallyOuted.com or on Snap at OFFIC Out Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, listen, like, and share. If you're an indie artist or artist management and would like to submit an artist for consideration, please email info at officiallyoutit.com or connect via Instagram.